let's all confess, how many of you have church shopped before? Okay? The answer is all of you have if you've ever gone to a church for the first time, right? And it was interesting, like when you're a pastor, you never have to do this, except when I was in L.A. as well, finishing up my master's, I had six months where I went to a different church every Sunday just to see what God was doing. And it is amazing, right? I mean, because there are so many different styles of churches and, and different things that every one of you, and maybe some of you are here for the first time, maybe even today, it's like you're always looking for different things. Different things are more important to you. But when we do that, not only do we struggle at times to find a church that we feel like is our home, if we can be honest, also even when we find one that is our home, we can struggle to actually want to go there. Anybody want to answer that? Anybody agree with that one? Okay. It's still, still, life is so full, you can feel different ways, and it's a struggle sometimes even to want to go to church. Um, But what if church was labeled like this? What if church was magnificent? What if church was like excellent? What if church was resulted in just praise and, and honor? Now, the word I'm actually using, those are the definitions for the word glorious. What if, what if actually there was a church that was glorious? What is glorious? Okay, you know, like, hey, here it is. It's having a striking beauty or a splendor that evokes feelings of delighted admiration. When something's glorious, it just moves you because it's so beautiful. Like, I I remember years ago being in South Carolina with some friends uh, right on the beach, and I I stayed up late that night. I couldn't sleep. Everybody else went to bed. I ended up walking the beach all night long, and then eventually I just went and sat in the lifeguard chair, and on the horizon, I could all of a sudden see the beginnings of the sunrise, And I could tell, I'm like, this is going to be a good one. I literally ran to my home, or ran to the condo, grabbed my my camera, and sat in there and just watched the sunrise. And I took these pictures, and it was glorious. How many of you have seen a sunset that that you would say is glorious? Okay? How many of you have never seen a sunrise? That's supposed to be sunrise. (laughs) Right? You might have seen a sunset, but they, they are, they move. So you know what I did? It was so beautiful that the next day, I woke up, everybody, I, I told everybody, you have to get up with me next morning and see the sunrise. So I woke everybody up at five in the morning and got them to come down and see this thing. Why? Because when something is glorious, you want to be part of it. Now, the Bible talks about glory, and it's not a word that we use too much in our, in our own context. But here's what glory is in the Bible. It's very interesting. At its root, it means an opinion. It means you have an opinion. Just like this video. I have an opinion about that. But when something's glorious, the opinion is always good. It's an opinion where where it concerns one and you, you believe in it. It's so great that it results in praise and honor. And so then people started using this is the word for God. God, glory in the Bible is when God actually, the presence of God is manifested into the world. When the glory of God is shown into the world, his presence, it just blows us away. Now, what is 
the glory of Jesus. I mean, we're all here, okay? K2 exists because of Jesus Christ. And what the Bible tells us is that Jesus was the image of the invisible God. So in Jesus Christ, you actually got to see the glory of God. Now, here's what, here's what we're talking, right? As, as, as Daniel shared with us, we're in this series called Uprising because what we celebrated three weeks ago on Easter is that Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. And again, our whole faith is based on his resurrection, the fact that he's alive today. And so Paul, in the New Testament, he writes all over. Now, so I just want to encourage you, if you're here and you're checking out, what is this Jesus thing? What is Christianity actually all about? Here's what it is. Paul says, the hope of glory, of magnificence, of excellence, of beauty, of freedom, of life. He says, the hope of glory is Christ in you. Christ in you. See, there is a big difference, can I say, huge difference between attending church, okay? There's a big difference between religion, which is man trying to make himself good enough for God. That's laborious, it's burdensome, and it steals you of your joy. That's completely different than Christ, the risen Jesus, the image of the invisible God in you. And Paul says, when Christ gets in you, that is the hope of glory. It's the hope of glory. And in the passage we're going to look at today, it says, now to him be glory in the church. To him be glory in the church. So here's why we did this uprising series. If Jesus Christ has literally risen from the dead, and if Christianity is a life transformational experience of God's spirit coming into your spirit, then what difference did that make? So we've been trying to get super practical, right? So two weeks ago, we talked about family. If Jesus and spirit and your spirit, if there was an uprising inside of you, what could that look like in your home? And it could radically change things. Then last week we realized you spend half of your waking hours at work. Well, what if Jesus was inside of you and Bill Townsend did a great job sharing what could that look like if Jesus was alive in you? So now we want to get practical and just say, but what could K2 look like? What would this place look like? What kind of uprising could happen in this church if those of us who've received Christ had him living in us? Okay? So we're going to get super practical again. So grab your Bibles. We're going to be in Ephesians chapter 3, the end of chapter 3, starting with chapter 4. You guys, obviously, if you, you, some of you might have it on your phone. If you have the K2 app, and then all of that scripture, all my points are right on the app, and you can follow along. Otherwise, it's right here on the screen. All right? So here we go. Ephesians chapter 3. Paul says, I pray that out of his, out of his glorious riches that he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. I mean, I'm just going to pull part of a little bit so you can grasp this. I pray that out of his glorious riches, in the original language, it actually says, I pray that out of the riches of his glory. So what he's talking about is, he's not talking about the riches aren't what's so great. He's talking about the glory of God. His love, his joy, his peace, his wisdom, everything that is good about God. He says, out of the riches of God's glory, may he strengthen you with power in your inner being 
through his spirit so that Christ can dwell in your hearts through faith. There's the, there it is. The hope of glory is Jesus Christ actually dwelling within you. This is what has to break through for any of us to experience the life that God's actually offering. He's not asking you to try harder and try to be a better person. He's saying, let me come in and dwell within you and I will strengthen you. And if I'm in you and I do the work inside of you, there's hope for glory in your life. Then he goes, and I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled, look at this, here's God's will for you today, that you might be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. How's that sound? Okay, we got eight, nine of us, we're excited. All right, cool. No, but I, see, again, when you drove here today, did you think, were you thinking, oh my gosh, I know through Christ, I have the chance to experience, to be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Is that how you're living your life? Or is your daily life, this daily grind so different? Man, this is what God is offering us. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably, immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that's at work within us. There it is again. He goes, let me do it in you and I can do more inside you than you could even dream And then here it is, to him be glory, right here, right here, to him be glory in the church. Guys, we should be having an uprising in this place. If Jesus Christ, who can rise from the dead, is living inside of us, There's way more than we're experiencing, right? So in Christ, throughout all generations, ever and ever, amen. And now Paul gets practical, and he just keeps writing, right? This is a letter, right? So now he just keeps going. Listen to what he says. As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you. Paul says, man, I am such, I do whatever God wants me to do. That's what he means by prisoner of the Lord. I do whatever God wants me to do. And I'm urging you, okay? It's like if he would be on the stage, and I'll try my best today. Urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you've received. If this is true, you guys, all of you who are in here and you're saying you're a Christian, if Jesus Christ is living inside you, he said, well then live like this, man. Live a life worthy of the calling that you've received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. And then verse seven, he goes, and to each one of you, right? Now he goes, all the unity of everybody. And then he says, now hold on. But to each one of you, specifically, grace has been given to you as Christ appointed it. Christ apportioned a grace to every one of us in this room. And in verse 11, he says, so Christ himself gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, and here it goes, look at, don't catch it, here, don't miss it, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. See, he's saying it twice, he goes, this is what, you guys remember that, right? Jesus said, he goes, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Anybody seeing this around you? 
I see it around me everywhere. Relationships being destroyed, hearts in depression, all of us struggling with so many deep things. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus says, I came so you could have life to the full. Come on, man, let's believe him. Now, what's crazy is, is we're going to see, he goes, and if you're going to experience life to the full, guess where it's going to happen? It's weird, he says, in the church. Church? I can hardly, I don't even want to go to church. Interesting. Well, you know, this is where we're going today. In the last verse, verse 16. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds us up in love as each part does its work. To God be glory, magnificence, beauty, excellence, life in the church. Now, here's what I want to tell you. Here's my phrase for you. I want you to remember this today. If you're going to have glory, it's all about each other. It's all about each other. This is what we don't understand. So, in this, in this passage, when he says that he may strengthen you with power, see, we only have the English translation, but if you were reading it in the original Greek language, as soon as you would see the word you, it's a plural you. So he's not saying, hey, you, okay? He's not, may he strengthen you with power. He's saying, may he strengthen you with power, that Christ may dwell in your hearts, Together with all the Lord's people. That's how this love thing happens. That you, again plural, may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. According to his power at work within who? Us. The body of Christ needs to be built up. To each of us, every one of you in this room, grace, a gift has been given to you until we all reach unity in the faith From him, the whole body grows. You guys catch this theme? (laughs) See, here's what's interesting. I hear it all the time, that faith is a private issue. How many of you have heard people say that before? No, this faith is just a private matter. This is just between me and God. I just gotta tell you something right now. Actually, faith is a communal matter. It's not private. You know why? Because the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Everything that God asks us to do, so faith, right, is following God. That's what we say here at K2. We're trying to invite you into the adventure of following God. We're trying to equip you who are on it to really be able to follow God. But he says, guess what? If you follow God, everything he's gonna tell you to do has to do with each other. (laughs) That's how it works. You cannot, and this is crazy, you cannot have the whole measure of the fullness of God alone. You can't. And I want to tell you, I, I get stuck on this. I, this. I pray this prayer more than any other prayer. But what's interesting is many times I'm praying it for me. <laughs> or I might pray it for a specific individual. And yes, I do want God to strengthen me with power through his Holy Spirit in my inner being. But the only way that I'm ever going to experience the fullness of all the measure of God in my life is in relationship with you. That's why I was so excited to see Mark and Francine. Because when your heart gets knit to another person, it starts to actually be what God wanted you to have. In fact, in 1 John chapter 1, verse 7, it says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, 
In other words, there's the adventure of God. If you actually follow God, if you walk in the light as he is in the light, you know what it says? You will have fellowship with each other. It doesn't say if you walk in the light as God's in the light, you'll have fellowship with God. You and God will be tight. Yes, you will. But again, if you're doing this, he's going to tell you to do this. So here's what he's saying. You can't say, listen, you can't say, I'm walking in the light and I'm following God, but I don't have fellowship with anybody else. It's not true. And that's what we're going to look at today. The glory in the church is a life lived like Christ. I love this. Look at this. This is the definition of each other. If you had a Mac like me, right, and you slide it up there and your little definition thing comes up, I put it in there. Or if you Google each other, this is the definition. It's used to refer to each member of a group when each does something to and for other members. And here's what the Bible tells us. The church is all about each other. It's all about each other. And that means that every single one of you in this room, and here's the question I want you to go through as, I, as we go through this message today. What do you do to and for the other members here at K2? What do you do to and for everybody else who's in this room? Because the body of Christ, the church, is all about each other. So here's what's true about any one of you in this room who's a Christian. It means Christ is in you. And that's the hope of glory. And the hope that the church will be glorious is that we actually look like Jesus with each other. And it's all, you know, and people say, hey, wait, it's all about each other. No, it's all about Jesus. It is actually all about Jesus who makes us all about each other. That's what he does. All right? So we're going to unpack two things today, but before I unpack them, I want you to see it. I want you to hear it by a, 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 just a story of a beautiful people who are doing this right now at K2. So watch this, and then we'll keep going. When we, before we even left Georgia, we felt like God had angels waiting for us, and as it turns out, the Smithens were, were some of those angels. We went to the zip code party, and we went to the West Valley zip code party. And we met a few people there, and Wenda mentioned that we were looking for a place because the extended stay was getting too expensive. And We had just looked at an apartment in West Valley City and thought that's where we were gonna settle. And Danielle said, come live with us. We have a room, a bathroom, and I was like, thank you, Lord. <laughs> the first thing that does come to mind is her caring, compassionate, tender, loving heart. When you're with Danielle, you feel important and um, you feel like you're a part of her family. One of the things that Danielle does as a band leader that I really appreciate is sometimes she'll invite the band members to come to practice early and she'll provide dinner for us. And so we'll gather around a table and break bread and just have an opportunity to actually have dialogue with one another. She will gather us up and as a band, she will gather us up and she will have us either 
you know, pray over that person, pray for that person, um, encourage that person in some capacity. She's always seeing past herself and she's seeing um, those around her. It really creates a culture that extends beyond the band. Um, it helps us be a group that has each other's backs, that knows what's going on in each other's lives, that we can pray for each other specifically. And I completely credit Danielle for creating that culture. She always says that her band is her family and she treats us like that, which is super cool. Now we know that God had you know, her heart prepared for us. We barely knew, but she knew that she could trust us in her home. And that is something we'll never forget moved in there and stayed and the problem was we were moving into a new complex and it got extended back once and we thought okay and they were very gracious we were so nervous like little kids having to tell them yeah and it, and it ended up uh, getting moved back a couple of more times and we ended up staying with the Smithens for two and a half months she just made me feel like I was a part of it she just made me feel like I was family and just gathering us up and creating community and unity. And that's what is um, something that is really unique about her and being a part of her band is that she creates that unity and that family atmosphere that we are caring for each other, we're loving each other, and we're encouraging and coming alongside each other. She really encourages that, that we lift each other up. She's encouraging, um, but also challenges us to do our best. And then it moves right into Sunday morning. So when we get there on Sunday, we can focus on what we need to focus on. And that's, that's God, and that's worshiping, and that's connecting with Him because Danielle, she, she's got it covered, and she's already laid that foundation. So we just thank them for um, being Christ that we could see on earth, you know. She sees people through Jesus' eyes, and then she acts. She doesn't, she doesn't just see it, but then she acts on it. She actually takes that step. And so I think that's what's so great is that she just doesn't sin in it, but she actually walks what God has given her and that compassionate, tender heart of hers and that shepherding gift, that's a gift. And she has it and she uses it and it affects everyone that is around her in her like sphere of influence. You know, it was interesting. <clears throat> I actually, uh, during the worship, I, I was standing up there. I never, I never do that. I'm always down here. And, um, but I just felt led just to kind of sit up in the back. And, and it was so cool um, just being able to see you all. And, um, and here's what I know. I know this, that God desires every one of you in this room to experience fullness of life. I mean, he really, really does. And what's crazy is, I think as Christians or when you get spiritual, the glory of God seems like this massive thing. It's like we, we try to come up and create these incredible experiences that we're gonna have. And I don't know about you, you want, like you wanna push buttons and get God to give you the, who the spiritual heebie-jeebies. So that you, you know, you want to see God do great stuff. And, um, but what's so funny is that when John wrote 
as a disciple of Jesus who hung out with him for three years, and you guys have heard me say this before, but when he wrote, I've seen it. I've seen the glory of the one and only. What did he say? He was full of grace and truth. He didn't talk about walking on water. He didn't talk about casting out demons. He didn't talk about turning 5,000 loaves of of bread so that people could, he didn't have 5,000 loaves. He turned a few loaves into 5,000. He fed 5,000. He did something that was really, really cool. Um, You know, he, he didn't talk about Jesus' ability to raise Lazarus from the dead. He said the glory of God is grace and truth. So here's, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to be totally honest with you. I had kind of this idea of how, what I wanted this message to be about today. And then when I sat down and just got right into the Word of God, I just realized, I'm like, dadgummit. It's, it's almost like, God, this is too simple. Right? It's too simple. And that's Jesus. The glory of God is simply living like Jesus. And here's what I couldn't get past, and here's what I'm going to tell you. If this place right here is going to be beautiful and glorious, and if we're going to experience the whole measure of God, there's two things we have to do, just two. We've got to love each other, and you've got to serve each other. When Paul's like, I'm going to tell you, I want you, I want to see the glory of God in you, Christ in you. He goes, okay, so love each other and serve each other. Okay, so let's talk about it. Here, love each other. Ephesians 3, 17 through 19. I pray that you, again, plural, you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together, together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you plural, may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. I'm praying that you would know this. Here's here's the point, you guys. You and I can't know this love of God unless we taste it through each other. How can I even know what his love is unless it's manifested through another human being to me? That's how we know it. And so if we're ever going to experience this wholeness, we just got to love each other. This is how it works. And he goes, and he goes, and here's what I want you to know. I want you to know how wide, it, how wide is the love of Christ. It's so wide that it's for everybody, every one of you in this room, every one of you, precious and valuable to God. How wide is it? It's for every person on this planet. How long is it? It's so long that he'll never stop loving you. Nothing can make you stop loving. Nothing can make God stop loving you. His love is not based on what you do. He doesn't look at you and say, man, you screwed up, that's enough. I've had it with you. No, his love is in himself. And he wants us in this room to taste a love that is long, that doesn't get perturbed with someone and say, that's it, I've had it with you. I'm done. That's human. There's no glory in that. We see that everywhere. He's like, I want you to know the love of God and I'll empower you by living inside you so your love keeps going. That's supernatural. And that's what, doesn't that what your heart needs? 
A love that knows when you screw up, people aren't just going to bail on you? That's God. How wide is it? It's for everybody. How long is it? It's forever. How high is it? It is more glorious. The Bible says that God's love is better than life. It's so good. And how deep is it? How deep is the love of God? It's the only thing that can go to the core of your biggest struggles right now and touch it. He is the only one who can go into the depths of who you are with all your fears, with all your sin, with everything that you are working so hard to cover up, and it can go into the depths of the real you, not the facade you're putting on for everybody else, and it can touch it, and his love can heal it. But it does it through each other. I pray that you together that us together would be so filled with the love of God that we give that love to one another. And I tell you, if we do, it will change everything. It really will. So can I just give you two practical applications? How do we do that then? <laughs> okay? How do we actually do this? Now, that's what the Bible's all about, so I don't have time to get into that, so I'm gonna give you just two. Number one, how do we actually love each other on Sunday morning? Right here, right? <laughs> We all just came together, and how many of us actually thought about loving each other this morning? Can I just ask you, let me just ask you that question. How many of you ever drove in this morning and thought, in your thought process was, man, I'm coming to church, and since Christ is in me, I'm thinking about how I'm going to love everybody? Or did you come thinking, what am I going to get out of the message today? And is the worship going to connect me to God? And am I going to get what I need so that I can be better, so I can feel better, so I can walk out of here? Now, to be honest with you, I sure hope you hear from God. <laughs> I do hope you connect with him. I hope that in the worship, he does, as Sally helped us to see, align your heart with him so that you can do this. But my question is, I think that's almost why all of us come to church. But did you come this morning thinking, who am I going to love today? Who am I going to love today? And here's my application for us. K2, what would happen if we totally did a mind shift and said the glory of God is when we love each other? And I am going to prepare on my way to church. Here's what I want to ask you to do. Ne next Sunday, when you come to here, would you be driving and saying, Lord, would you give me your heart for the people around me this Sunday? Would you give me your eyes to be able to see people the way that you see them? Would you guide my steps so I actually run into somebody or sit next to somebody here in this auditorium so I can love them? I'm telling you, how unique would that be? <laughs> See, then that would be different. We wouldn't just come and sit in isolated uh, situations here because that's not Jesus. <laughs> See, and again, you can attend church, but the, what the glory of the church is is when you love each other. So I just want to hear, so number one, pray next week and just be thinking, God, help me to actually open my eyes to the people around me and help me look. And here's another way you can do it. Simply greet each other. Just greet one another. Just be kind and friendly and just welcome everybody into this place. That in and of itself. Just talk to a gal again who's brand new here. And she said the first time she came, she was amazed at how friendly people were. Praise God. Isn't that cool? She said, this is crazy. People were like giving me their contact information. She goes, they don't even know me. <laughs> is that you? Can I ask you? Can you imagine what would this church be like? 
If you knew when you walked into this place that somebody was going to reach out to you and just welcome you and make you feel like they're really glad you're here. That's how we can do this on Sunday morning. Now let's talk to the second application. In that verse, he says in chapter 4, verse 2, he says, Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Now, I'm just going to be totally honest with you. (laughs) Being patient and bearing with one another in love. I I don't know if I can bear with all of you. (laughs) I mean, seriously, can you guys bear with everybody in this room? (laughs) I mean, so here's, here's what you need to understand. When, when, when Paul was writing to the Ephesians, okay, they, there weren't a thousand people gathering. <laughs> they were gathering in someone's home, okay? This was the start of the church. So this was a unique situation. In Acts, when the church started, it said they did. They gathered thousands in the initial stage in the temple, and then they met in each other's homes. So when he's talking about love each other, I think we can do a very good job of just genuinely and generally loving each other on Sunday mornings. You really can. But to get to the point where you are bearing with each other, you got to do it outside of here. That's not going to happen in an hour on Sunday morning, all right? So that is why we at K2 here have what we call life together. Because the glory of God is when we love each other. Can I just ask you a question? Who knows you? Who fully knows you and loves you? Who's caring for you when you go through hard times in life? Who's encouraging you in your faith? Because every one of us, me included, struggle to stay in line with Jesus. Is there anybody that when you're wavering off is arm in arm with you and you're bringing them back in? Do you have anybody doing that? Who do you celebrate with? See, the other thing, it's only good to celebrate the good stuff. I always say, hell would be hitting a hole in in one by yourself. Right? I mean, you have this amazing moment, and and you look around, and nobody saw it. That would just be horrible. Celebrating with each other. Who knows you, cares for you, encourages you, and celebrates with you. Do you have that in your life? Who do you know? Now, let's flip it. Who do you know? Who do you care for? Who do you encourage in their faith? And who do you celebrate with? Who are you loving long and high and deep? And here's what I want to tell you. Don't, if you just come here, that's not in the Bible. If you're actually following Christ, Christ is loves people and he's asking you today to love each other all right so now i do i do just want to say this everybody grab your program real quick because this is actually important i think it's also super hard practically to go from a sunday morning where you guys are kind of maybe you don't really know anybody else here to jump into somebody's living room okay i just want to acknowledge that right here that can be very intimidating to do that and so, here at K2, we have lots of different ways that you can just take a step, all right? And they are all in this program right here, right now. Tonight, okay, if you're in your 20s or 30s, our, our encounter group's meeting tonight. See, that's a chance for you to come meet some people before committing to be in somebody's living room in a Life Together group, all right? So, come tonight at 7 o'clock. 
Next week, if you're over 50, we have a really cool, uh, they had an amazing pot, like 65 people came to this potluck and just got together in, in finding friendship. If that's you, it's next Saturday, and you can sign up for that in here. I'm not going to go, I, can't, I don't have time to go through the list. They're all in there for you, but here's what I want to say. If you want to experience the whole measure of the fullness of Christ, you've got to be in a relationship where you're loving somebody and that person's loving you back, okay? That's the glory of Jesus. And then, number two, he says, serve each other. It's so simple. But Jesus, what did Jesus say? He goes, I didn't come to be served, I came to serve. So if Jesus, guys, again, not, not just going to church, but if you're a Christian, that means Jesus Christ is living in you. And if he lives in you, then he didn't change. He still lives, not to be served, but to serve. So in Ephesians 4, 7, it says, each one of you, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. Guys, this is so exciting. <laughs> Do you guys realize what this means? Grace is a gift. What he's saying is there's not one of you in this room that's actually, who's a follower of Christ that Jesus didn't go, I'm gonna give you a specific, unique gift. Every one of you to each one of us. Grace was given, and that's huge. Now, that means communal. It means it was given for every one of us, but it also means individual, and I just want to encourage you. This was all the stuff about the identity that we talked to with Jamie Winship. You were made specifically by God, but you have a purpose, and here's the truth. We will never in this room experience the fullness of Christ, the whole measure of it, until each part actually is doing its work. We need you. You are absolutely critical to that. Remember the definition, right, of each other. It's used to refer to each member of a group when each does something to and for the other members. So can I just ask you, here's my question for you. If the K2 is your home and this is your church, what are you doing to and for the other members of this church. And that's where Jesus is going. If you guys want this, if you guys want glory, then you just gotta serve each other. Right? So the whole measure of the fullness of Christ is communal, each part doing its work. The hope of glory is Christ in you. So I got two applications again for us, okay? What could this actually look like? How could we be experiencing this fullness of God? Number one, let's talk about right here. Let's talk about Sunday morning, okay? So how do we serve each other? How do we serve each other? Well, that's what every Sunday morning is. I think about two weeks ago, I felt like God just lay on my heart and say, David, every Sunday is a service to each other, <laughs> right? I mean, Josh and Jeff, the guys who are doing your sound, they got here at 5.30 this morning, and they will be here until 2 o'clock this afternoon. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and why did they do that? so that it wouldn't be like this and you could actually hear the message, right? And so, so what they're doing is like really important so that we could do anything in this place. The worship band, they got together Wednesday, they gave up their Wednesday night and they rehearsed and stuff and they learned the songs and they practiced their instruments so that you could have, they served you, right? Um, somebody made your coffee, can we say an amen? Right? I mean, somebody got here early, and they served you your coffee. They greeted you. They welcomed you. They made you bagels. No, they didn't make the bagels. They just picked them up from Einstein's. But, <laughs> but they gave you bagels. 
Right now, you guys are sitting here while hundreds of kids are be- your kids right now, hundreds of them, are being loved on by people who care about you. They're holding your baby so that you can be in here. They're serving you. That's what Sunday morning is. And then we got guys in red shirts making it secure everywhere that you go so that you can drop off your kid and feel totally good that nobody's ever going to be able to get to them. You guys, that's what's going on this morning. So can I ask you, those of you who make K2 your home, you're part of that. You're in each other. What are you doing to and for the people who are doing it to and for you right now? They're serving you. Do you come to serve? Do you come to love? Because that's Christ. And that's glorious. But I want to tell you, man, it's not just on Sunday mornings. You guys know that, right? I mean, yeah, we got, a, we got a great opportunity to serve each other every Sunday morning. But man, the real service happens outside of here. It really does. It's a big part of what it means to be in life together. I mean, who's going to serve you when you have a baby? Not me. I might, I might visit you, but I'm not going to serve you while you have a baby. But, but seriously, after you have a baby, what? there's so many needs. What, how about when you move? What's going to happen when you have a physical illness? Right, seriously, we can't rely on Facebook. No, no, I'm not, I'm not kidding. We can't rely on posting something on Facebook hoping that somebody sees it. You've got to be in life. You've got to be in relationship. You've got to be joined and held together by every supporting ligament. You know, when you have grief, and because you, you will, Who's going to hold you in there? You guys, that serving each other is huge. Now, that's the application. It's just, I just want, right here, I want to encourage every single one of you. If this really is your church, and you're saying, and let, let me say a couple other things. If you're visiting today, right, I do not, if, if I love to, uh, Susie and I love to be hospitable at our home. I will never, if I invite you over for dinner, I will never ask you over an hour early to help me cook it. Okay? I'm not going to ask you to dust my house or, or, or scrub my, it would be nice if you want to, but, or clean my bathroom when I invite you over for dinner. So all of you who are guests, this is not, you guys understand this, right? We are just so glad you're here. Come on, man, but if you're a parent, right, and you try to get your kids to help, get ready. You guys know what I'm talking about? The rest of us, we're family. We're family. Can you imagine how glorious this place would be if every one of us who has Jesus living inside of us was just serving each other? Not just receiving other people's service, but giving it back. It'd be unbelievable. Now, let me also, let me also hit this. Why, don't, why do we struggle with this? And there are huge reasons, right? Some of you, you went to church and you got burned. And, and being in relationship is one of the scariest things you can think of. I've talked with you. Some of you have been in my office where you've told me, it's like, I just need to let you know, Dave, I'm really enjoying being here at K2, but I'm having a hard time even thinking about connecting relationship, relationally because of what's happened to me in my past. I get it and relax and chill and enjoy being healed in this place, okay? Others of you, you are in life stages right now where you really can't do it. And I understand that. There are seasons of life. Sometimes there's illness. 
that just literally keeps you. You just can't do it. And it took everything you've got to be here. Praise the Lord. Don't put any pressure on you. Some of you have certain family times, right? New babies. We got some of you who've adopted people, adopted kids into your life. There are seasons where there's stuff that just goes on and you go, I just can't do it right now. I totally understand that. There are legitimate reasons why it's hard to be able to get connected into relationship and why it's difficult to find time to be able to serve here. But I want to say for most of us in this room, let's get to the heart and say, do I just want to love the people in this room and do I just want to serve them? Ephesians 4, I'll close with this. He says, from Jesus, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. You guys, the body, the church has to grow. It actually has to build itself up. You actually have to mature. It takes a while to do that, right? It's like good fruit, right? A, a piece of fruit, it takes a while for that fruit to get ripe. If it's before that time, it takes time. And I just wanted to let you know here at K2, we're not mature yet. I don't think we're going to be until we see Jesus. But here's what's true. Every step you take gets you closer to walking and being like Jesus. Just one small step can help you become a little bit more ripe. And if we do that, you guys, we will have a, can you, I just, I did, I just, I can't imagine what a Sunday morning would be like where it was literally 1,500 people loving each other and serving each other. You know, I think what happened, I think the rest of the world would go, what in the world's going on? And they'd want to be a part of it because it'd be so beautiful. And you and your life would be amazing. All right? So, here's what I'd like to do. Um, yeah, I just, I'd love to give you a chance just to, to take a moment. We're, we don't have any musical worship again, okay? So we really are close to being done. But I want to encourage you. Would you just close your eyes for a second? And, and here's what I know. In this last half hour or so, you've just been hearing God's word. And I just want to ask you, What's he saying to you? The word of God does four things. It teaches us. So maybe some of you today, you're sitting there going, man, I didn't know. I didn't know this was the glory of Christ, that this was what he wants in the church, simply for me to love and to serve each other. And now I know that. You've been taught today. The word of God also corrects us. So maybe for some of you today, you, you, you walked in and you thought, man, I thought my faith was private. I thought this was just my own. And now you realize he's corrected that. And he's actually helped you to see, no, it's actually communal. Because if you faith, have faith, you love and serve. And then the word of God, it says, rebukes us. And that simply means sometimes we're walking down a path that we know we shouldn't be on. And the spirit just goes, hey, you need to come over here and you got to walk on this path. And maybe some of you are hearing that. And then the last one is the Word of God just trains us. And it just tells us, hey, this is how you can do it. Is God speaking to any of you this morning about loving each other, about serving each other? 
about having the glory of God and uprising in this church. So God, whatever you've been saying, now we just pray for grace to be able to do it. Give us the strength that we need to live out what you've asked us to do. I really do pray for your blessing on everyone in this room. God, we want to experience the whole measure of the fullness of you. Freedom, acceptance, love, joy, purpose, fulfillment. Thanks for helping us to understand that you made us in such a way that that's only going to happen as we do it together. And I just ask for your blessing on K2. God, would you be, would you cause there to be glory in this church, right here, in this group? And I ask for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.